Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. Hi, I'm Henry Davis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led congregation. I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast. And remember, there's power at the park. breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. You were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Amen. You may go to your seats around the building. I want to come back to verse number 17 as a sense of launch in this service. A third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. But Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then he said, then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I shouldn't have to ask this. That's what I want to talk about. I shouldn't have to ask this. Of course, if you know the backdrop of Peter, some of that I preached on last night as we looked at Peter and his denial of Jesus. Many of you know that when Peter ends up denying after saying he was willing to die for Jesus. But he denies Jesus three times. That interesting balance is brought here in chapter 21. 
which is in many cases a foretaste of what will happen. He asked him three times, do you love me? And of course, he answers in the affirmative. That's only our knowledge of the English language. Because, but in the Greek language, the word love can be articulated different ways. The deepest sense of love is the love that God is calling from us and that which is agape. But even as he is in dialogue with Peter, Peter is not using the same knowledge or word. He's using a word philio which is much more of a surface word. We love in different ways. Love in terms of a relationship. Then we could say, I love ice cream. I love fried chicken. I love breakfast in the morning. That's a different kind of love. And what God is calling us is to a deeper love, deeper understanding deeper faith. That's what God wants from us. He does not want, Kelvin, for us to be casual in our faith. Good to see Kelvin Jones, his wife, there in worship. They joined me last week. I was preaching in Norfolk, Virginia, and I turned Kelvin into an usher last week. Amen. You did a wonderful job for your usher's pass. The reality of what God calls for a deeper love, a deeper faith, and a deeper understanding. Why is it that we need all of that? Because we do not know what tomorrow holds. The bends, the breaks, falling down but getting back up again. All of the things that could potentially come our way. And so the, I, asked, I put it in that statement form, I shouldn't have to ask this. I shouldn't have to. But in sometimes we have to do it. And the reason why we have to do it is because your actions do not line up with your words. I shouldn't have to ask this. Did you complete that assignment? Did you do what was asked of you? Or did you try to take some kind of shortcut? Here it is. Number one, God calls the believer to go deeper than the surface. That is what is at the very core of this conversation taking place between Jesus and Peter. I'm now trying to pull out of you that you would go to a much deeper level. I shouldn't have to ask this. As you walk with me, study with me, as you have been able to be a water walker, all of the things that you've been able to experience, and yet I come to this area, I shouldn't have to ask this. The conversation and the dialogue between Peter, the water walker, but the same Peter who is the water walker is also the same Peter who allows his anger to take over. In that moment of denial, 
that he is denying the very connection to Christ. He ends up saying in that instance, and matter of fact, he acts in a way that Jesus is not pleased with. You know the instance because that is the moment that he cuts off the ear of the soldier. I shouldn't have to ask this. Then as Jesus is in dialogue with Peter, he is not only finding out about his love, but then he's giving him an assignment. Love attached to action. One thing for us to articulate where we are, but is another thing for us to demonstrate. There are a lot of people who have religious lingo and language, but do you have the kind of demonstration that would show others that you must be a child of God. I shouldn't have to ask this. What is it that you are more concerned about the cross that you wear than the cross that you bear? I shouldn't have to ask this. We're more concerned with the jewelry we wear to represent our faith as opposed to that which is emanating from our heart. In other words, I could say something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a marvelous change has come over my life. I shouldn't have to ask this. So I give you the assignment. I want you to feed my lambs. Feed the lambs, the lamb, the goat. Matter of fact, not, this is not going to feed the horses, not going to feed people, but I want you to feed the lambs. Here it is that, they, that he gives him this assignment, feed my sheep. That's what I want you to do, feed my sheep. If you really love me, feed my sheep. When I accepted the call to ministry, I can, I can still see those many years ago that I was able now I'm in my 40th year of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 35 of those years, been pastoring congregations. And I can remember during my early days of ministry that I remember the first sermon I preached and, and the first sermon that I preached and they packed into my father's church and my father told me afterwards, he said, they won't be packing in every Sunday to hear you. You, you might, they might be packing in for this first time around, but it won't be the same as time will go. When I entered into the pastoral ministry, I entered as a single pastor. I can remember my father preaching for me the first time he preached for me, and he told me, he said, the day that you, make, that you declare that you're going to walk down an aisle and marry somebody, the dynamics of this church are going to change. I looked at him. I said, you must have lost your mind. These sisters are here because they love the Lord. They are not here for anything other than the pure, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Then I, then I made the announcement that I was getting married. Same sister who had met me in the park a lot one week before who was so excited about the future of our ministry. She was talking about how our church was rising, how the kind of things that we were going to do to take over the community, all the kind of things. She was excited about the work we need to build. We need to get ready for everything. And once the announcement was made, one week later, met me with a letter in the parking lot and said, I can no longer grow here. 
you need to understand, I shouldn't have to ask this. But many times, we are more concerned about style than we are about substance. We are more concerned about acting like we are Christians than being the very persons that God has called us to be. It's more than your title. The late Dr. Sandy F. Ray, pastor of the Cornerstone Baptist Church of Brooklyn, New York, he said in one of his sermons that it's more important to have a testimony than it is to have a title. There are a whole lot of us who are going to have titles. And note that some folk with titles are going to find them place themselves in a place they're not going to be pleased with because they were more concerned about their position than their relationship. Hallelujah. I shouldn't have to ask this. If it is that you love the Lord, the Lord has changed your life, he's turned your life around, I shouldn't have to ask that. That's, that's the basis of this dialogue that is taking place in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, he says, Simon, I want you to know, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. Jesus asked, and why keep asking me the same thing over and over again? Lord, you know everything, and you know that I love you. Yes, I do know everything. And I do know that your love is only a surface love. I need for you to go deeper. Now, you do understand that Peter does get to a deeper point. I talked about it last night. I said that how Peter is able to exit this world, he exits this world being crucified upside down. They turn him upside down. The crucifixion, as we have learned in James Cone's book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, that the crucifixion was just like a lynching at that time. It was meant to be something that was public. It was meant to be something that would discourage. You know, that's what they did to try to get the slave, the, in, the enslaved Africans to stay in their place. They would lynch them publicly. They would castrate them. They would cut off their fingers and their ears. And their, it was a gruesome activity. And you need to understand that how can we talk about the lynchings that were done in America even up through the 1950s, all these things that were going on and not look at what was done to Jesus. Because you must know our, our brother from Zimbabwe come in, but I, but I preach an African Christ. And you need to understand that when Jesus was dying there, that was, that was an early day lynching because my God, Simon of Cyrene, it helped him to get the cross up to the hill. But Jesus said, Simon, you can only take it so far far. I have to hang there, but no man is going to take my life from me. I've got to lay it down. I shouldn't have to ask this. Shouldn't have to ask this. Did you really love the Lord? And if you really love the Lord, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I shouldn't have to ask this, that your faith is not just coming to church on Sunday, but our faith must be demonstrated in our everyday lives. 
Demonstrate it when somebody cuts you off. Demonstrate it when somebody in a store does not act very nice to you. Demonstrate it when you are dealing with the challenges of this world, but you have the realization if God be for you, he is more than the world against you. I shouldn't have to ask this. Matter of fact, you, you don't have to ask it of some people because they show their faith every day. They are helping others. They are serving as prayer partners and mentors. They are giving of themselves. They pay their tithes, but they're not just paying their tithes to impress anybody. They are paying their tithes because they love the Lord. I, I saw a gentleman riding in a in a Bentley one day, and I loved I loved his license plate because he had a personalized license plate and I can still see it riding in his brand new Bentley but his license plate said I tithe my God you need to understand but you realize that when you are faithful unto God I'm not saying you're going to get a Bentley but I, what I am saying that God can bless you no matter where you are I wish I had a witness in here today and you can celebrate that when you you are faithful unto God that God will show up over and over and over again. I believe there's some witnesses in here. He'll open up doors. He'll open up windows and pour out blessings that you will not have room enough to receive it. I shouldn't have to ask this. That's the first thing we look at when we look at this particular text that, G, that here it is, poor little Peter says, I'm hurt. I'm hurt, Jesus, that you would ask me three times that, that Lord, you know everything. And that's why I'm asking you because I do know everything. I know, I, I know, I know the, I know the deep sides of your life. I shouldn't have to ask this. Matter of fact, sometimes a parent has had to ask their child over and over again, I shouldn't have to ask this, but did you do what you should have done? Did you finish that homework assignment? Did you clean up your room? Did you wash the dishes? I shouldn't have to ask this. I'm calling you to make sure. I was, I was in Norfolk, Virginia last week, and I was, I, I was running past uh, Shiloh Baptist Church, which is right across the campus of Norfolk State, and I had a flashback. I, my flashback was on a Sunday morning because my parents expected for us, even though in college, that we would go to church. My brother had hung out a little bit late the night before. He didn't make it to church, and so therefore, he slid over to Shiloh after benediction, hoping to find a bulletin, because if he could find a bulletin, he could send it home with the proof that he was in church. Now, it doesn't say that he was in there to worship, but he was in there at least long enough to get a bulletin. And here he was on his hands and knees looking for a bulletin and could not find one. And so I'm trying to say I shouldn't have to ask this. But if you are a person who loves God, when you are a person that prayer is the driving force in your life, and if you are a person who doesn't mind praising God, and I, can, and I don't care about what other people think, I know what God knows, and I've come in here fired up. I come in here saturated. I come in here with expectation. I'm believing God 
for miracles and not coming here to praise God, lifting up his name. Because when the name of the Lord is lifted up, men, women, boys, and girls can come running and saying, what must I do to be saved? I shouldn't have to ask this. I shouldn't have to ask this, that you playing in church, you love Jesus. I shouldn't have to ask this, that you come in the church and you are serving in a people, that serving in a capacity, and that you are going to be the living example of a one, one who loves the Lord. And so Peter was hurt in this dialogue. Here's the second thing I need to tell you. You can't prove to God what he already knows. You can't prove to God what he already knows. Let me look at the backdrop. Verse number 15 of this particular passage comes and says, here it is, that after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Are you love me, love me more than the other disciples? How much do you love me? How much do you love me? Are you willing to show your love? And matter of fact, I'm going to give you a menial responsibility. You love God, but you want to be the president. You love God, but you want to be out front. You love God, but the only way I can get excited is if I got the microphone. You love God, but I got to be out front. I can't be in the background. Somebody's got to call my name. If you love God, you shouldn't need anybody to call your name. There should be a simple sense of assurance in your spirit because you know who you are and whose you are. And whether anybody else pats you on the back, you can pat yourself on the back. Matter of fact, I need to tell somebody today, you can, you can learn how to celebrate yourself. That you can, my God, you don't have to wait for somebody to take you out. You can take yourself out because you are valuable and you are special. I shouldn't have to ask this. Jesus looked at him. But again, the dialogue's ongoing. You, there's a whole lot that's going on in chapter 21, a whole lot that I'm not reading uh, because, again, Jesus is having this dialogue and serving them breakfast, bread, and fish. And this was the third time in verse number 14 that Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. He'd been raised from the dead. And here it is that he is trying to get Simon to a deeper level. Matter of fact, this is an interesting moment because Simon Peter was the same one who had denied Jesus. And he denied Jesus three times. If anybody knows anything about mathematics, three times, three times. And again, there were three negatives, three negatives that he was able to do. In order to bring a negative around, you need to have a positive. So every time he denied Jesus was a time I need for you to affirm Jesus. And therefore, and so here it is, Peter, that you talk about you hurt. I could be hurt about you because I could be hurt that when they asked you, were you a follower of me? You started cussing and acting foolish, but now I'm giving you a chance for redemption. And I am trying to bring you from that negative to that 
positive. And if you simply look at the cross, the cross is a positive. Do I have a witness here? That's what the cross can do. It can bring a positive. In, who am I talking to this morning that you know the cross has brought a positive to your life? What has Jesus done for you lately? What is Jesus doing for you right now? I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Shouldn't have to ask this. You love the Lord. Why are you sleeping in bed? Why aren't you serving? Why aren't you getting involved? Why aren't you one that I don't have to pull a praise as out of you? Why is it that you are so sluggish and angry and also always so ready to be so confrontational? Why is that the case when you say you love the Lord? Shouldn't have to ask this. But Peter, I'm trying to get something straight now because I, I am appearing back to you and now I'm coming back and I'm giving you a chance for redemption. I'm giving you a chance to rise high. I'm giving you a chance after you denied me, but even though you've denied me, I am a God of another chance. Somebody can celebrate that today because at some point in our lives, we denied the Lord. We denied him in our casual relationships and our non-existent relationships with the Lord. We drifted away from church. We backslid. We we ended up doing things that God would not have been pleased with. But we serve a God of another chance. And that's the blessing of chapter 21 that he's giving Peter another chance. Here it is. Number three, death is inevitable, so focus your attention on following the Lord. You don't know when the Lord is going to call you out of here, but as long as I have breath in my body, I'm going to worship him. As long as you've given me activity of my limb, I will lift up his name. I'm not going to be ashamed of him down here because I don't want him to be ashamed of me up there. Look at that reality. He tells Peter that death is something that you're not going to be able to dodge. You can dodge. As a matter of fact, there's a new book that's on the New York Times bestseller list. It's rising to the top and it is talking about how one can extend their lives. What I'm simply trying to tell somebody, if you want your life to get to a whole new level, get Jesus. I'm thanking God that we can talk about faith strong and, and all the kind of things, but get the Lord on your side. In verse number 19, it is in that moment that Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death that he would glorify God. And all Jesus said, I'm telling you, you're going to die, but all I want from you right now is to follow me. Follow me, follow me through the storm. Follow me through the wind. Follow me through your criticism. It is in this passage that he said, he reminds Peter, when you were younger, you could dress yourself, but when you get down to the end of your journey, that somebody else is going to be dressing you. Somebody else is going to put your clothes on for you. Somebody is going to have you in a casket somewhere. 
and whether they, I don't know what your casket is going to look like or if it is that you even decide that you are going to go another route, but you need to realize that death is inevitable. But I've come to tell you that new life in Christ, the joy of the Lord, that when I make that decision, that I can praise his name. I can give God the glory. I can lift up my hands and open up my mouth. I can bless the name of the Lord at all times. I shouldn't have to ask this, but David said, that everything that had breath praise the Lord I can't see everybody's mouth but I thank God there ought to be a praise in your heart I will bless the name of the Lord and if we could get excited about the NBA playoffs or the NFL if we can get excited about our game shows we ought to be able to get excited about the Lord who woke you up this morning started you on your way put clapping in your hands joy in your heart I love the Lord he heard my cry he fights my battle throws out the lifeline picks me up turns me around, puts my feet on a solid ground. I shouldn't have to ask this. Has God been good to you? Is he bringing you through? Is he blessing your life? Hallelujah. He's a great God, greatly to be praised. I'm not ashamed of him. I will lift up my hands. I will throw back my head. I will give God the glory. I shouldn't have to ask this, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all, and all, and all he's done for me, my soul, my soul, my soul, got to cry out, hallelujah, I shouldn't have to ask this. I shouldn't have to, but perhaps your actions say something different from what you say your faith is. I shouldn't have to ask this, but I want you to know that I am a God of another chance. And even though Peter messed up, Jesus appears to him and gives him another chance. One, two, three, giving you another chance. And I'm thanking God that every day you get up, you're getting up with another chance. Who am I talking to? I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I can get up with another chance. Come on, clap your hands. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland. If you want to receive a CD or DVD of what you have just heard, please call 301-773-6655 or visit us on the World Wide Web, fbhp.org. And remember, there's power at the park. I 